재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Our weekly one-by-one feature started as an exploration of uh, Koreans moving towards a solitary path, less and less identification with groupings. We continue to explore that topic, but also what it has evolved into is an exploration of really interesting people doing cool things, often who happen to be unattached and unmarried. But uh, we're meeting a person who came to Korea, uh, as so many do, just to kind of gig and teach English. And then Korea kind of seeps into your bones, and you stay here, and you start doing some really cool stuff. His name is Forrest Ian Etzler, and he is an independent filmmaker. He's been to film school in Korea, and I think he kind of likes the place. Good morning, Forrest. Good morning. Yeah, good to see you again. Um, So tell me a little bit about uh, how you ended up staying in Korea. I don't think, you know, did you intend to be here 13 years later when you first got here? Um, no, that was never my intention from the beginning. Um, I came over first with a Fulbright program, a U.S. government kind of cultural exchange thing. And um, it was a very good beginning, uh, less of a job per se. It was more of a cultural exchange. And the main impetus for me was, A, to get accepted to this somewhat prestigious program and, B, to, uh, to leave the Western sort of yoke. Do Fulbright um, scholars, do they have like a given sort of scholarly goal that they come over with? I mean, did you have an academic target that you were here to study or were you just here to kind of seep it in? Well, mine was a teaching. It was teaching. Okay. So it was living in a living with a homestay family and then um, teaching English at a middle school or high school outside of Seoul in a smaller city. But um, did that for two years, traveled around a lot in Korea I found out that teaching wasn't so much for me, went up to Seoul, um, studied full-time, ran out of money, started teaching again. Then after about five or six years, it was kind of at a kind of threshold mark, and um, my father uh, passed away sort of rather abruptly, and that was, uh, uh, I guess that that pushed me to the edge to be able to make the jump into filmmaking, something I had been curious of but never really knew how one would start that yeah that when that happens in a family that kind of happened to me too my my dad passed away quite uh suddenly in uh, 2004 and you know it's a horrible thing when it happens but um it jolts you off of a path right and it uh, creates a different narrative in your life so in some cases you know it 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 spurs you on to maybe take a chance and do something different go on a different path so you you found yourself at liberty to pursue filmmaking. Um, a lot of people would say, "Great, I want to be a filmmaker," and they'd head to you know L.A. or New York or any place else but Korea. Why did you continue to stay in Korea? Well, that's a good question. Um, before film, I was kind of wrestling um, Korean linguistics or Korean literature because I had spent about five or six, I think, six years at that time, and had a degree of, I suppose experience and uh, momentum here, but didn't feel like I was vocational yet. So um, even literature, I'd studied literature in the U.S. in undergrad. Um, I never wanted to teach. I wanted to write, but wasn't much of a writer. Mm -hmm. Um, And did a lot of photography work and darkroom work. And film is something, even as, as a child, I had done with my friends making fake videos and you're talking now narrative film or documentary film where did you have the first interest um 
I suppose narrative, but it doesn't uh, either way. I'm not such a hardliner, but yeah. coming from, I guess, a, more of a literature music background, um, fictional film is perhaps more interesting. But documentaries are. Did you ever do that 48-hour film thing that they do every uh, every year? I did once. I think it was right when I began. Yeah, I started. That's a grind, isn't it? Yeah. What was your film about? Oh gosh, it was really, really bad. Um, <laughs> something done about I think just two people in a cafe and some. I mean, because you have to turn those really quick. You can you have to rein in your ambitions about uh, how much special effects, how many locations you can do. So simple is better sometimes. Sometimes you want like you know the Sartre story of three people trapped in the room. You know. Yeah, it was it was simple, but I, I wouldn't say it was good. Okay, <laughs> it was it was a good experience. But you transitioned into documenting Korea essentially. Um, you know, you've done a lot some some video documentary work around Korea. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get at what is the thing that held you held you here, and what did you want to explore and kind of unpack about Korea? Um, you've got the linguistics background; that's helpful. Well, uh, I guess a, a curiosity in language and in people, uh, curiosity in characters. So, um, but also a very strong sense of my, sense of self in relation to where I'm from in Indiana. Um, so, with here in Korea, it was uh, trying to find these sort of local, uh, local kind of archetypal, unique things that I think. Uh, you know that you couldn't find in China or Japan or Taiwan or other places. Local character types. Yeah, local character character types. Where do you find those in Korea? Okay. I, I mean, uh, it sounds as if you're talking off the beaten path of Seoul. Are you getting out of Seoul? Um, not as much now as I'd like. Okay, I mean, Seoul has a gravitation to it, and um, do you but, find them in certain settings? Yeah, I'm. I, I really like the flea markets. Um, I'm a big bathhouse guy as well. Um, so. <laughs> Hard to bring the camera in there. Yeah, the cam- camera in the bathhouse. I've, yeah. I've wanted to shoot a lot of things. I, actually, I, I have shot before in a bathhouse. It was a lot of fun. Um, but the flea markets are great. It's a good cross-section of who and what. It sounds and, like uh, sort of blue-collar, like uh, working class is where you might find the types. I guess that's true anywhere you're going to start making movies or, uh, or documenting a, a society, right? Um, that's where the bulk of the characters are. Yeah, that's where I guess, yeah, bulk of the characters are. Um, what kind of films have you worked on before here? Um, geez. Before coming to Korea? Well, or? no, before coming to the studio. Oh, before I coming mean, to the studio. During your sort of 13 years in Korea. Uh, I guess the film has been the past six years, probably. Um, the first project was, it was just kind of on a whim. I had met a French filmmaker and I had a German buddy who was uh, working for the film commission in Korea, and he recommended going to this old, this old neighborhood yeah. that was being torn down near um, the West Gate, sort of Sodemun. It's completely redeveloped now, but um, is it one of those like Taldungne kind of things? Like the- um, not so much because it was inside the West Gate, so it was yeah. it was ah. proper old Seoul. But if you, so we went went in there with our cameras without knowing much or thinking much about it and just filmed some stuff but all the houses were empty you had old japanese houses like original hanok hanok with westernized staircases up to a second floor Uh and just a real 
living history through the architecture. And we just shot a bit, and there was a uh, video contest about Seoul. So we uh, assembled the footage, and it got accepted, and it won a small prize. And we thought, okay. That's momentum. Yeah. That's that's how momentum starts. I mean, I think a lot of people get into making videos and movies because there's almost a, a payoff. It's like you work intensively, and then it's done. It's in the can, and it can start bringing payoffs in terms of recognition, winning prizes, things like that. And then I got um, got into film school. Well, before that, I helped out with a documentary team, a husband-wife. They're doing this international co-production on the educational system in Korea. So that was quite interesting. I'd, really? I'd spent... Has that come out? Yeah, that's been out... Um, What's I, that called? Yeah, uh, Reach for the Sky. Reach. F- uh, I've heard of that. Kongbue Nara in Korean. Okay. Kongbue Nara. Sky is, of course, an acronym for those top universities Correct. that um, I've heard of that documentary, Reach for the Sky. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you were involved with that. I think you were telling me you're one of the very first uh, non-Koreans or, or foreigners to graduate from a university film school here. I know we, we can't say that with scientific certainty, but you're among the first, right? Um, I'm not so sure. I mean, there have been, I think, several Korean-Americans who've, okay. who've, tra- who've graduated before me, but um, with Sebastian and I, the, the films that we've, that we've done, kind of, we've been into some, some festivals in Korea, some in, independent festivals. Sure. We were the first, first foreigners there. Yeah. Uh, for, foreign directors as... Korean, making Korean films. So, um, have you done any film projects uh, about Korea with sort of Korean team members? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And um, what role have you generally been in? Have you been the director of those, or oh gosh, you just no. kind of support? Because I mean, it's interesting. You know, the the line between exploring Korea and sort of um, accepting a narrative about Korea. Uh, from somebody who's more knowledgeable than yourself. I mean, as we all know, documentaries all start with sort of a a rough script in mind, don't they? Um, a point that you want to make. And then there's room to wiggle. But I would think if you're working with a, a, a Korean crew, they've kind of got in mind what they want to get across, right? Correct. I've, I mean, I, the, when I'm directing, I guess they're the films that I've prepared from inceptional, from the inception, from the beginning, um, Otherwise, I'm on the crew doing whatever, uh, production assistant or camera assistant or sound, however I can help out. Um, But the, it was the last film that I made at at my my film school. Um, It was this kind of hybrid of, I took archival footage shot by the U.S. military and then mixed that with uh, kind of contemporary silent film stylization. Actually, I was acting as this kind of Charlie Chaplin character who was really? visiting Seoul, and then it was mixed with these old footage of Seoul. That's pretty cool. And then, and you put it through like a filter and all that stuff to make it look grainy and yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't zap the colors. I kept the colors, um, just because it was. Uh huh. It, so it looks better in color, but um, that that um, that got me into working for a TV station. Well, it was a production company that was doing a, a series for a TV station, and I did sort of a similar style of um, no archive footage this time, but this kind of Charlie Chaplin pastiche um, alongside with a uh, a TV TV documentary about um, foreigners interested in Seoul. So each, really? each episode there would be some character 
some uh, a foreigner living here with a, with a niche interest. So I would. So you'd do like little vignettes about how they do their interest in that sort of 1930s style. Correct, correct. So I'd kind of make them act, and I would have this little 50-second 50, 50 intro, 50-second outro, and really running downhill went so fast that <laughs> it it's not a little fun. Bit, yeah, Benny Hill style almost. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, um, it was pumping out yeah. each week having to, to produce stuff for well, a TV deadline. Well, that's the thing, production pressure, right? Yeah. Nowadays, you're in one way or another, you're making your living in uh, TV and video production, right? That's right. Is that hard? Um, <laughs> do you ever get tempted to uh, go back to the classroom or do something that's just simply straightforward and um, maybe not so intense? Um, well, from a young age, I I, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll either... My major, this was when I was in high school, I think my major would be religion or business, which both are kind of strange things, but uh, my main goal was... I used to, I wasn't I was never interested in a nine-to-five yeah. nine job. Well, I can understand that. Um so yeah, it is it is difficult, but it's very rewarding to be able to to have something start and finish. And, That's right. And then if, if if lucky to be able to have it in a festival and yeah. give it to other people and hopefully it can have a life of its own. Project by project is a good way to work. Do you have something in the um, the works right now? Are you working on a feature? Um, I I wrote a treatment for a feature. F- for a feature fictional film we'll see what will happen with that um currently i'm i got commissioned to make the trailer for can i say the festival's name yeah go ahead okay the soul senior citizen film festival ah that's something we talked about before i want to explore that a little bit more uh we've got literally 30 seconds the film festival about senior citizens or for senior citizens um for Four, right, and it's about things that concern them and their Correct. lives. That's one thing I want to talk about with the team. I think in the future we'll uh, we can bring that. It's um, it's a very interesting idea. When does it happen? Um, it's in October, I think, the middle October. of October. Okay, we've got a little bit of time to plan. Forrest Ian Etzler, really interesting to hear about somebody who's doing something that interesting, documenting Korea, doing video documentary. Thank you for coming in. Thank you.